Can somebody tell me what the Sam hell is going on around here? Well, we can, sir. Well, who are you? With a Talk nerdy to me. Squad. Welcome to my nightmare. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? There are things that go bump in the night. Listen to them. Children of the night. They're coming to get you, Barbara. What music they make. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. We all go a little mad sometimes. Rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Number one, you can never have sex. Number two, you can never drink or do drugs. Bad drugs! Number three, never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. They're here. Hi, I'm Jackie. Wanna play? And here's Johnny. I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. I'll be right back! Oh my gosh, it feels so good to be able to play that intro again. It has been 11 months since we've been able to play that intro, and for the love of God, it feels so good to be back in that saddle. Oh, it is an all-new episode of Talk Nerdy to Me, One zero. 0219. It is finally October, the spookiest month of all. That's all I got for an intro. I don't know. We got Koran. We got Obi John. We're all here. Uh, which hey, means. Man. Oh, what's up? Hey, man. I just really, I really just wanted to tell you a happy yeah. Rusev Day, by the way. Oh, Rusev Day. It is. It's Rusev Day. Um, and uh, we need somebody, Karan. You were you were not here last week, uh, so one more time. Would you like the honors this week? Oh yeah, yeah. Would you like the honors? Fully for the last time. Yeah, maybe. Hit it, Rockapella. The house band. Yeah, Rockapella. Sing along if you know the words, kids. You should by now. San Diego. Woo! Did we ever figure out where the fuck this place is at? Nope. Sure didn't. Still missing. Still missing. Maybe one day he'll be found. We've got a search and rescue operation. We've got our best officer on it. He's taking that Polaroid car to car, kid to kid at the there mall. There was a, a brief appearance, um, but we investigated it, and it was actually just um, it was a hoax. It was oh. a uh, bad camcorder or video uh, of a 
guy with super short shorts and uh, an America tank top uh, with sunglasses running around with a beer in each hand. It was not Julian. Yeah, he was uh, He was just you know, a very... We understand the confusion. He was a very blurry guy running through the mountainside, dressed in the, draped in the American <laughs> flag. We very all enthusiastic, I think. Yeah. yeah, just draped. Well, I want to start this week a little bit different. Uh, I want to give an update on a story that we talked about just a few weeks ago, and we've been talking about uh, for several weeks on the show. As you all know uh, from just a few short weeks ago, from our Friday the 13th episode, we love Friday the 13th. And from a week or so after that, we gave you an update on the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise with the rights reverting back to the estate of Wes Craven. With this whole writers can petition the court and, and file a, uh, a a lawsuit to get the rights to their properties back after 35 years. And, excuse me, <coughs> too much content spewing out of me right now. Um, it's kind of gone under the radar, but Stephen King has quietly been uh, getting back some of the rights to uh, his projects like uh, The Mist, uh, The Dead Zone, Cujo, Children of the Corn, uh, and Cat's Eye, uh, Creep Show, which is how the new Creep Show uh, show got started. I saw the first episode. It's actually pretty good. Um, there's, a, there's a few more on the list, but those are the heavy hitters. Uh, but The Hollywood Reporter today, uh, Wednesday on uh, the 2nd, uh, dropped a report that is pretty much just like a haymaker bomb uh, that has a uh, a list of franchises that have received copyright termination notices, uh, according to this report. And the list is literally a who's who, a what's what of big franchises – uh, the Terminator, uh, which we already know is set to revert back to uh, Gail Ann Hurd and James Cameron. Uh, but names like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Predator, Beetlejuice, uh, the reason that Paramount has uh, fast-tracked Pet Cemetery was that that was on the list. Uh, there are several hundred properties. Die Hard is on the list of copyright revert notices that have been filed uh, very recently. So it reads, it is literally a near who's who of mid to late eighties properties that are now in that 35 year window. This, this law is a, is, is going to change a ton. Um, it's, it, it's basically Congress amended a law, uh, that allows authors to get rights back from studios after waiting 35 years. Until now, the termination provision has largely been exploited by musicians, not screenwriters, uh, but records are now showing a flurry of termination notices in the past year, uh, which threatens to unsettle who owns the ability to make sequels and reboots of iconic films from the mid to late 80s, according to this article. Uh, the one thing that's interesting about it is the author has to give at least two years notice of the termination, which gives the studios two years notice that it's basically use it or lose it. That's uh, according to our friend, uh, former Friday the 13th actor and now entertainment lawyer, Larry Zerner. Uh, so you, 
uh, here in the next little bit, you might hear of a lot of franchise rights reverting back to original authors or in some cases uh, their estates. So you could see a lot of movies, a lot of franchises and properties switching studios, uh, getting reboots, refresh, uh, sequels, all kinds of stuff. It's this, this has the potential to be insane. So who knows what the hell is going to happen? Yeah. Oh, insane in the brain, baby. Like it is literally like the, the list is just it like, it's crazy. Like it's all these mid to late eighties properties. So, uh, who knows what's going to happen? Uh, it's still very preliminary. That one article is the first one to kind of drop this big bomb out there. It's still a very confusing issue. Uh, who knows how it's all going to shake out, but just so you know, it's up there. We told you guys, when we first reported on this, how the Friday the 13th one is just a mess, the Nightmare on Elm Street one kind of happened. Stephen King has kind of been making this happen uh, real quietly, but this has the potential to rock a lot of properties. So really interesting to see how this one's going to shake down. It'll rock your socks, though. It will. It'll rock your balls off. Uh, so... No, this uh, we'll be following this because, like, uh, like Happy Chris says, this is a complete game changer. Yeah, um, as to how copyright uh, ruling has worked in the past, and like we talked the last week about um, Wes Craven's estate and, and Nightmare on Elm Street, and like that's huge. Like this yeah. is, um, especially for franchises like Terminator, where it's been sold and bought and sold and bought right freaking times at this point. I mean, you've got um, you've got Who Framed Roger Rabbit, you've got Predator, you've got Die Hard, you've got I mean, all of these franchises and all of these properties that are iconic and staples of pop culture. And now this this law, like now that people are now that writers are seeing that it can work and you can get the rights to your creations back and your work back. Man, like the floodgates are now open. Like it's it's well, the Friday the Thirteenth wow. one's going to be the one to watch because, like you said, that one's being fought, mm-hmm. uh, and that's going to be the thing to watch. That is, is does it get upheld or overturned? Because uh, you know, cases like again, like Friday the Thirteenth, no one contested that. It just it just went back. Right, uh, Nightmare on uh, so Elm Street. 13th. Nightmare on Elm Street was uncontested. Yeah, where someone's actually fighting against it. Right, uh, that's going to be. Major precedent setting. So yeah, because what that's also going to do is, based on the arguments, it's also going to determine, and it's going to shake up the definition of work for hire, because that's kind of the yep. crux of the argument. We we went over it in the in the Friday the Thirteenth episode in in more of a long form, so we won't really cover a whole lot of that this week. But if you want to know the crux of it, go back and listen to that episode. And you'll realize, like, and, and read up a little bit on the case because you'll see that the argument that Sean Cunningham is making, if a judge agrees with it, totally upsets all across Hollywood what a work yeah. for hire and a contract employee really is. And that has the yeah. potential to change all kinds of stuff. So while that's happening in the background, now all of these are coming up. So. 
Uh, God dang, man, it's going to be crazy. Hey, don't I miss what's Go ahead. John. Yeah, go ahead, John. So I guess we'll see how well uh, Terminator Dark Fate does to see yeah. if uh, whoever the fuck owns the rights now tries to fight against it. Pretty soon. I don't even know anymore. We're going to own the rights to something before it's all said and done. I fucking know. At one point, they were literally being auctioned off. And I remember, I remember um, Joss Whedon raising money to put in a bid to try to buy the Terminator rights because they were literally up for auction. We get the rights to trick or treat so we can uh, actually put the fucking sequel out. I want. Uh, well, will we get the rights to the sequel, or will we only retain the rights to the original? Where it gets really confusing yeah. and becomes a cluster. Yeah, I mean it's going to be also, wild. Most importantly, Flanagan, it's not god dang. It's yeah. I said god damn. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to use that less. Uh, I've realized that I've been using that a lot, and I've been trying to use that that less. So I've been trying just to tag use, me in. I'm trying to use "god dang" a little more because I feel like that's a little less, a uh, little less bad for me to use. But whatever, we'll. I don't know. We'll see how good my willpower is. But yeah, so that was. I know that wasn't on the rundown. I didn't. Uh, I didn't uh, tell you guys that because uh, I saw that literally as I was r- driving home today. That came across my Twitter feed uh, that, holy balls, a bunch of shit's about to go down. And I was like, ooh, not a risky click. Let's click that. And so I started to read about it. And uh, I, uh, I know it was a last-minute edition, but, and there's not a lot to it right now just because it's kind of still breaking. Uh, but it's very important to bring up as kind of a, as a follow-up to uh, what we talked about. So had to get that okay. out of the way it real quick. Fits- it fits beautifully because today, if you can tell by our new, well, not new, our returning opening, our different opening, uh, it's fucking October. Spooky time! Spoopy. spoopy! Yeah! Means one thing around here. It's Halloween time, kids. You got dang right. The rest of the year. <laughs> so sooner or later, the weather will catch up to everybody else and get with, get with the, the program here. Uh, but it's time to break out your pumpkin spice everything. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah, put your jack-o'-lanterns out. And uh, uh, it's that time of year where everyone is into cosplay. Yep. Uh, or, or as us cosplayers call it, amateur night. <clears throat> yeah. Well, uh, don't what? worry, because next week we're all going to be in costume. Obi-John will be sexy nurse. Koron yep. will be sexy firefighter. Uh-huh. So you should be sexy firefighter with the hose. <laughs> hey, uh. Thank you. Yeah. It's there. Toron's going to be sexy prison guard. Be prisoner. Let's yeah, be honest. Yeah, yeah, with, wait, with the... wait, wait. I thought, I thought we were doing the whole village people thing. Oh, we can. Uh, so Toron's a construction yeah, worker. Yeah, sexy construction worker or just construction <laughs> worker. Because um, <laughs> I've never seen you... an unsexy construction worker. Julian will be sexy cop. Oh, I thought you were going to say that he was going to be the sexy Indian. <laughs> and yeah, I'm going to call him an Indian. We don't we don't believe in the politically correct Native. American. Remember when the village people were on Married with Children? By the way, remember oh. that one episode? Mm. What a time to be alive! Uh, also. Uh, this date in history, 
Before we move on, uh, October the 2nd, the 2nd uh, which is the date that we are recording this, is the uh, premiere date of the original Twilight Zone uh, 60 years ago. Oh. So I uh, uh, wanted to make a brief mention of that before we got too far uh, because, yeah, what a freaking awesome show. And celebrate November 14th, I think, uh, Fathom Events is doing uh, six episodes and a documentary in theaters. Uh, They have six remastered episodes and uh, like six of the best and a uh, a special uh, brand new Rod Serling documentary. Um, So wait, six of the best? Yeah, six of the best episodes. So none of the Jordan Peele ones then? Good. No, no, it's all all classic 60s uh, episodes. So... Uh, the, the, like the list is out if you go to fathomevents.com. I know we normally say no plugs for La Bamba, but uh, I'm going to it because it's going to be awesome. And well, hey, uh, I love the Twilight Zone. While, while we're plugging uh, Fathom Events, yeah. October 13th, 15th, and 16th, Alien is back in That's right. for the 40th anniversary. I'm going to throw that plug for you the can see, You can see... On the big screen, on the silver screen, Sigourney Weaver in tiny underpants. On the screen. I'm pu- I am pumped, uh, and not just for the tiny underpants, but I've yep. never, as one of my favorite movies, I've never seen it on the big screen. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, like that, and uh, there's, a, there's a bunch. Uh, Aliens, I've never mm-hmm. seen on the big screen. Yeah. Because uh, you know, a lot of my favorite movies are movies that came out before I was born. And now the rights are up in the air. <laughs> supposedly um, i know right no um uh, i think alien is pretty safe um no fathom events uh and i i will stop putting them over but uh they have they provide a great opportunity to see a lot of those classic movies like through them i've been able to see uh jaws halloween psycho ferris bueller's day off um the original dracula uh, Home Alone, just like a bunch of really great movies, some for the first time in theaters, yeah. some multiple times, like for the multiple time in theaters. Ghostbusters every five years. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, which pisses me <laughs> off. I'm not even going to talk about how much I hate the city of Bowling Green because there's two theaters and none of them are playing the 35th Ghostbusters screening. I uh, guess okay, so, we'll have to come to Lexington. I know, right? Uh, so uh, if I get my prop done in time. Uh, which nice. I, I won't get it done in time, but um, oh. I know you've seen the progress pictures. I'm not that I'm not Bad. as far as I need to be. Looks good though. I, I appreciate that. I'm trying. You're uh, rounding second. Better than you look. Oh well, yeah, because it doesn't look sickly and pale and like a stick figure. Stick figure is an accurate representation of me. Just saying, it's a lifelike you're, drawing. You're... Uh, by the way, feel free. So- uh, feel free, Koran, to uh, give us play by play—not play by play, but like match by match updates of the uh, Wednesday Night War. Uh, you can um, give spoilers. Um, so I don't Cody, care. Cody Rhodes and me go rah, 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 yeah. by roll up, and MJF just beat Brandon Cutler by submission. Wow! And probably the most I... surprising thing. And and then. I know what those words mean individually. Yeah. Yeah. Right, you. We'll get to that. Yeah, here's okay. the thing. Uh, uh, oh, oh, well, yeah, wait. The guy on the poster beat some no-name fucking jobber. Big surprise. Yeah. Um, but 
The big surprise so far is Cole beat Riddle, and then out came returning to NXT full-time Wait, wait, that one wait, wait, who? Who? Finn Balor. Oh, he's been what? demoted. Finn's back to NXT. Wow. Does that mean he's going to do shit now? Yeah, probably. Then I'm all for it. Yeah, he's probably. It's like him and uh, the Fashion Police, it's the best thing ever for them to go back down to NXT. It doesn't make a lot of sense that he's not going to get any level of revenge against Wyatt, but no. whatever, fuck it. Yeah, because logic. But uh, we're not here to talk about any of that stuff. It is the spooky season. You know it from our returning intro. Um, and uh, at some point, uh, we had the, 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 the Crypt Keeper intro is somewhere. Um, I don't know where it is. I'm going to have to dig it's it okay. out. Because, you dig for it. I'll stall. Um, um, I don't think it's in the, uh, <sighs> I don't think it's in the um, uh, what have you. Uh, I think I'm going to have to go back and... Um, rediscover it and recopy it over. So next next week we'll have the uh, we'll have we'll, we'll hear from our good friend, close personal friend John Kassir, Um and well, uh, we'll have the intro. We'll have that. Our intro. first actual topic today, yeah. like we said, it's Halloween time, and what would Halloween be without some spooky movies? Spooky movies. Uh, so our first topic today. Spooky. Uh, we are going to put together our list of the top 13 movies to watch during Halloween. They don't all have to be horror movies. Uh, they're just movies that get us in the mood for Halloween. We're each going to choose four, and then we're going to vote on the 13th. They're in no particular order. Um, so how do you guys want? Who wants to start, I guess? Uh, well, uh, go for it. You, you, you suggested okay. it. You go. So the way we're going to do this is just like we used to do our lists. Um, we're just going to go around and we're all going to name our top four. Any movie that's named by multiple people is automatically on the list. Yeah. Uh, we will then vote. So if we end up with, say, 10, because people had multiple, you know, multiple people. Back that up, day two. If we end up with like 10 movies on the list because multiple people had the same movie, we'll vote up to whatever it takes to get to 13. So, uh, like, I've got four choices and then I've got two, like, in reserve because if someone doesn't say them, they have to be on the list somewhere. That's how right. I did that. So, uh, my number four choice, I'll start at the bottom and work my way up. Yeah. Uh, is a movie that completely redefined uh, horror, especially when it comes to horror makeup. And what you can do with practical effects, because suck at CGI. Ah. Uh, it is the the I would say the ultimate uh, werewolf movie. Yeah, I said it, Wolfman. An American Werewolf in London is my number four pick. Wow. It is fun, funny, gory AF. Um, it's it takes the whole werewolf mythology, turns it on its head, uh, gave it a modern. Uh, uh, kind of setting and appeal and aesthetic and uh again cannot say enough about the incredible makeup and physical effects that transformation scene literally created a new category at the oscars that's how amazing it looks so there's my number four all right you want me to go Flanagan, you want to go Do you it. Want me no, to go? go for it go for it number four is actually something i consider to be one of the top five best horror movies ever made uh uh-huh. 
it's it's a recent one too, but I genuinely think this is probably one of the best absolute horror movies just ever made. And I lost my shit when I found the unrated version of it finally recently. Evil Dead from 2013. Yeah, that one's a good one. The remake. Yeah, nice. remake. Yeah. I it's, will. Uh, much like Zach Morris, the original Evil Dead is trash. Uh, the remake, the remake is fantastic. It is. If you want to take something that takes their source, like it's this reboot remake thing. Uh, I mean, like it plays in the evil dead universe, but it is fucking terrifying and still has one of the cringiest things I've ever seen in a movie. When the guy has to pull the needle out from like his cheekbone. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah. I think that movie coins the the Koran catchphrase, which is and had any. It, it was one of those things like when I started hearing about it and started everything, and they were like, "Yeah, they're taking this heroin addict up to the up to the cabin to try and get her clean." It was just like, "Oh God, that sounds terrible." And her friends don't think it, her friends think it might just be her going through withdrawals. And I'm like, "Oh no." Yeah. Bruce Campbell, and then, like, after all that came out, they were like, they have Bruce Campbell producing, and it was just like, this seems like too little, too late. And then I saw it, and holy fucking shit. It's so good. Yeah, it is. It does a great job. It does what you want a remake to do. It takes that original, like, bones of an idea, uh, and completely works it for a modern audience. And you can go into that without ever having seen an Evil Dead movie, and it works for you. You can go into it being a huge Evil Dead fan, and you'll pick up on that much more. Um, yeah, dude. Solid pick. Yeah. yeah. That one. It's, yeah, like, what could you say? It's fantastic. Yeah. Sadly, we never got a sequel to it, though. Maybe that's for the best. I mean, that was fucking lightning in a bottle, and after watching, I, I enjoyed Don't Breathe, but I also just watched Crawl recently, and... Oh, well, hold, hold, put a pin in that. We'll come back to that. <laughs> we'll get to that in our second topic today. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, let the cringe... Flanagan, yeah. your, your first pick, sir. Okay. Your uh, fourth pick. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's your first pick for the list. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> as much as I really want to throw Anaconda on this list... Um, <laughs> Uh, it'll have to settle for asterisk because that's just. Um, uh, and what's what's the line from that movie? Snakes out there, this big. <laughs> yeah, um, that's my my one and only Ice Cube impression. Um, I don't have any other lines that he does. Um, so I'm trying to think of like I, I tried to put in you know uh, movies that you know what makes a good Halloween movie to me because Halloween is there's two equal parts of Halloween to me, and that is scary and fun. And there should be elements of both. And I'm about to shock you, because number four on my list, we've talked about how much we love this movie. It's a universally liked movie by all of us. It's got great scary parts at the end. It's got great fun all the way up until the end, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Is, you know, we've, we've sang its praises 
over and over and over, and it deserves every bit of praise. Uh, a couple years ago uh, on the show, we had uh, dear friend Robert England who talked about how he had the sequel on his the, the script to the sequel on his desk, and it's a crime that it's not being made. Great movie. No, um, solid pick, man. And I know what you're thinking, like, holy that's, shit, if that's number four, what are your other three, right? Well, it, it works so great because it's, it's uh, we've talked about this, it, it is, it's like Shaun of the Dead in that it's, it's such a great satire of the slasher genre, yet remains true to all the tropes of the slasher genre. <laughs> yep. Um, like, it's able to poke fun at that while still being exactly that. Uh, and that's a great movie. It's, it's such a hidden gem. I love it. Um, I'm going to go way outside the box on this. In fact, I'm calling an audible and crossing off what was my number three, and I'm picking something else in its place. Because your, 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 your intro to Behind the Mask made me think of this movie, and I was like, why the hell is that not on my list? Because oh. this movie deserves more love. Um, you want a movie that's fun beginning to end, a movie that has monsters and, and, uh, trolls and witches and all kinds of creepy things you think of for Halloween, yet never for a second takes itself seriously. Uh, it knows how ridiculous it is and it just loves ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Oh, witch hunters. Uh, Damn, that's a good one. Yeah, that one is really fun. And if you haven't seen it, uh, I remember talking uh, Hall Monitor Travis into watching it one night um, <clears throat> with a buddy. And me and Ryan had seen it, and he's like, what, really? And we're like, dude, you got to watch this. Uh, and then he watched it, and he's like, damn, like that was way – it sounds ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Uh, I think Evil Dead 2 was far of tone, and uh, you're in the ballpark. But, um, yeah. Colin Audible, change my pick. Uh, yeah, great pick. Um, uh, 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 it's me. Yeah, that's yeah, it's, so, it's, it's so, you. So, 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 so this is technically uh, um, it's technically a movie. Technically, <laughs> oh jeez, a what movie? It's technically a movie because uh, they were um, okay. dollars and told to make one hour films for this. Uh, series. So I'm saying Cigarette Burns, the Masters of Horror oh. episode. Yeah, I'll, every, I'll do a about it. every October, every single fucking October. It's far and away the standout episode from the entire series, and probably the last good thing. Wait, no, no, he's done some. Yeah, probably the last good thing John Carpenter directed. Yeah, oh, for yeah. sure. For sure. <laughs> Hands down. Uh, tell the folks at home who aren't familiar with it what it's about. So you have um, Daryl from The Walking Dead and, m- more importantly, Scud from Blade 2. <laughs> uh, Scud, he, like stud. He's running a movie theater, and he is pretty broken he's going to hunt down like he he also hunts down like rare films and that kind of stuff and he has this rare film collector who's played by udo kier uh that wants From him to hunt one. down yeah, yeah that wants him to, 
I want someone to hunt down this movie called Le Femme as Absolute Demand, which is the absolute end. And it goes, uh, it, it's just so balls to the wall. It's weird and kind of crazy in the best way possible. Well, it's, it's like, like an urban legend film that has only yeah. been screened once and everyone who saw it like died in the theater. Yeah. And it's like, I think including credits or something, it's like 58 minutes long. So it does not get excluding credits. It's like 58 <laughs> minutes long. It, it is balls to the fucking wall. Good pick, man. Yeah, that is a really For, solid pick. We got Pac versus Hangman Page getting ready to happen on AEW. Oh, boy. Uh, speaking of WWE guys that aren't, like, you know, littering their show, we have yeah. Neville. Oh, boy. Yeah, because if you're sick of the Red WWE, Arrow. Yeah. If you're sick of the WWE product, turn into a tune into a show that's a half WWE guys. Uh, hey, man, Street Profits are about to show up on NXT, so. Yep, that's, that, that decision has been made. Well, I want the smoke, so. Well, right. yeah. what's your pick? Uh, so I'm going. Uh, I got one more that is like a uh, that's like a throwback classic. Uh, and the reason that I that that, that uh, it's still uh, the, the, there's a reason that it makes my list. And uh, you know, over the last few months, uh, earlier this year, late last year, early this year. Uh, I won't get into a lot of detail about it, but uh, I spent a lot of time driving back and forth long distances. Uh, and part of that uh, involved staying in hotels partway through, like partway through the drive. And there's not a hotel room that I ever stay in that I do not get a memory of the first time that I watched the classic Psycho that is a staple, one of my favorite movies of all time, easily one of my top five of all time, hands down. Uh, and, and, and part of that is because it sticks with me. I mean, I, I walk into a hotel room and I'm immediately like, oh, Psycho. And to this day, there are still people that have not seen it. There are still people that, uh, um, you know, consider themselves film and, and, you know, movie fans that have not seen Psycho that are doing themselves a genuine disservice that need to watch that movie regularly. Because it's awesome. I gave up on uh, Bates Motel for a little bit. Did you? I was waiting for the text of like, "You're right, this is trash now," but I haven't gotten it yet. I I just like season three just gets boring in the middle. It drags. Season four gets a little better. Movie until Psycho, then. not drag. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And I mean, tell me that you don't that that's the shower scene doesn't flash in your in your mind when you're taking a hotel shower. Yeah. And if you can say that to me, I will call you a liar. Because it is iconic for a reason. And uh, it's it, call that movie iconic is like the biggest understatement know, right? in history of understatements. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, if you're a if you're a horror it, fan, it, it, 
created an entire genre. Yeah, I mean, if you're a horror fan, if you're just a film fan, if you're a uh, if you can appreciate, you know, how movies are made, then you owe it to yourself to watch Psycho repeatedly. Yeah, Obi John, what you got? So, it's Halloween, right? Yeah. You want to watch a haunted house movie because I, I it's Halloween and yeah. haunted houses. They go together like, you know, peanut butter and, and, and you know, Reese's peanut butter and chocolate, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, why not change things up a little bit? Who says a haunted house has to be an actual house? Ooh. Why can't it be a haunted house? In space. What the hell? Uh, my number. Yeah, my number two pick is the exception that proves the rule. A <laughs> thing from Paul W. S. Anderson, Event Horizon. I I keep waiting, and I mean, like, legitimately waiting for someone to put out a edition like blu-ray of that and it's starting to piss me off because it hasn't happened yet it's a good movie it's got a great cast it is uh very much made by someone who is you know a huge fan of alien uh to say it borrows from alien is also an understatement uh but very very similar in tone to alien but if alien is a slasher in space this is the haunted house in space and uh, it has some really trippy imagery. And from from what I've read and, and heard, uh, there's some even more fucked up stuff that was shot but not put in the movie. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I'm with you, uh, Koran. I am desperately waiting for the, like, special edition Blu-ray, you know, Arrow video or whatever. Scream Shout Factory, Scream Factory, whatever. Special edition where we get to see a lot of stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's the only good movie he ever made. And it's, again, the exception that proves the rule, because uh, everything else Paul Worthless shit Anderson has done is just downhill from there. But for some reason, man, Event Horizon just gets me. Fair. That's a good pick. It's a really... And I only saw that for the first time two years ago. And... I loved it because it's fantastic, and I had no idea what I was missing. All right. So, a for the past probably 11 years that I have to watch during the Halloween season now. Creepshow, Eat Your Heart Out VHS, the greatest anthology horror movie ever made, is Trick or Treat. True story. So, I mean, if you haven't watched this and you're a horror fan, I... You don't know what happened to you when you were younger and, like, why you hurt so much and why you hate yourself, but you should fix that. Oh, fucking good. It is amazing. (laughs) 
John? Sorry, I have a dog shit connection. What did you say? Your treat. Ah, very nice. That was... This has to be on the list, so... That's a good one. It's good. All right, Flanagan, what you got? Fantastic. Well, not going to lie, uh, that was going to be my next pick. Hey. <laughs> so uh, we have our first steal. Uh, so uh, we're counting that as that one definitely makes the list then, right? Yeah. Uh, that's, yep, that's absolutely. So I've got that down as Carl and Flanagan picked that. So right. we'll, have, we'll have two to vote in. We're done with this. All right. Because I've got uh, another one on my list. Uh, yep. I can... Uh, skip, skip to your next one, yep. and we'll keep going. Yep. Okay. So, this one was a tough choice. Uh, <laughs> but, for my number one, this is my number one on my list. The number one that I watch every Halloween now, and I have every October, at some point... For the last five, six-ish years, ever since it entered my life, if you can track down a copy, oh yeah, you oh, need shit. you owe it to yourself to watch it. It's a oh, Bowling shit. Green original. Oh, oh shit! Haunted yeah. Ween is my number one. Oh, man, it's a haunted. Oh, it's it's got everything that you want in a horror movie. It has got terrible southern accents that are actually legitimate. It's got That's some bullshit. It's got boobies, it's got killing, it's got like creative inventive kills. It's fun. It's got sponsorship from RC Cola and was it Domino's? And uh uh yeah, there's Happy Inn in it and uh yeah, oh my gosh, <laughs> you, like you don't get more bowling green than fucking happy like it is it is a freaking Kentucky original and I'm not I wanna preface I wanna I wanna say for the record that I'm not just putting it on my list because Director Doug Robertson is a dear friend of the show, and we've had screenings with him, and we had a Q&A that's in our archive that's available for the Tip Club members. Uh, it is just top to bottom. It is just a fun, solid movie. We reached out to him because we love the movie so much. Yeah, uh, it's fantastic. Uh, it is a great movie. It is so so much fun and it is just it is a blast to watch every october i am making it my mission in life to get that movie not only on shutter but to get that <laughs> film as part of a joe bob last drive-in episode so fucking happy i mean that would be the the greatest thing that could happen i did get the show producer um, he confirmed he's aware of the movie. Uh, he's seen it. Uh, and he says, yeah, that would be a good one or something to that effect. And I, and I, I PM him and I was like, look, I know the director. I'm not just like blowing smoke here. How can we make this happen? Right. I mean, he, and but he I will not rest until it happens. We haven't started season two yet as far as I know. And I mean, he would, uh, he would absolutely, uh, the, the thing about Doug Robertson is that he's really good with fans and he's really appreciative of, you know, just, just people who enjoy the movie and he's, he's, he loves it. 
the movie is fun. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's a blast from start to finish. And up until, up until recently, I, it, like, it had a really, actually a really, really original hook, uh, like original part of the, uh, like the killer's MO and, uh, attributes were very original. That's true. That's true. Hey, Flanagan, uh, can I ask you a question real you, quick? You sure can. If you were going to walk up and greet a member of a... Um, oh, oh no. Of a... Uh, what's the word I'm trying of to think here? A law enforcement officer? A law enforcement officer. Okay. What would you say? I would, uh, I would probably look at him, because he would probably catch me by surprise. Hmm? And I would probably look at him and go, Hi, Sheriff! Kind of like that. Love this fucking movie. Uh, it's it's so great. It's 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 good. Uh, Hanks is probably the greatest movie action hero, horror action movie hero I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, I I need a shirt that just says, like the next time I see Doug Robertson, I want to be wearing a shirt that says Hanks is the fucking man, just so he'll know how much I appreciate that movie. Um, one done up like the Stephen King rules t-shirt that just said <laughs> Hank rules. Yeah, Hank's rules. Yeah. Uh, which by the way, that's the goal is, um, is before too long to have, uh, star. I'm going to call him the star of haunted Ween, Yeah. Uh, Hank's on the show. Cause I might, I might have a lead on Hank's whereabouts. Just so you know. Because the next thing to do is to organize another screening where we all get the fraternity shirt. Gosh, wouldn't that be awesome? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, Haunted Ween is my number one. Uh, ever since I tracked down a copy, it has been in the Halloween rotation every single year, and rightfully so. And John, what you I'm got? Keeping, I'm keeping track. If you know me, you knew this was coming. Uh, this movie is talk about bang for your buck. So it's it's Halloween. And you can't talk about Halloween without talking about certain classic characters. Frankenstein's monster, Dracula, Wolfman, Mummy, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, what movie gives you all of those yes. in 90 minutes? There it is. Bod. You knew it was coming. Yeah. Sorry, I'm running you down. Um... No, it is. Uh, it is. If you've never, I don't know what's wrong with you. It's okay. There's still hope. There's time. We can, we can fix this. It's the Goonies with classic Universal monsters. Uh, it is a movie that could never be made today. Uh, it is such a product of the eighties. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The slang they use, the uh, the way they convince the older sister to help them. Um, it's it's totally an eighties movie in the best way possible. Uh, it is notorious for great one-liners. Birds, creature stole my Twinkie. Mummy was in my house. Um, it's just, it's fantastic, man. I love it. It's got a scary old German guy. It's got one of the best Frankenstein's monster performances ever. Uh, it's, it's a fantastic movie. If you haven't seen it, it's okay. Go track down a copy. It's easy to find nowadays. Yeah. There monster, it is. My number one squad. pick. Yes. Yeah. Monster King of movies that need a fucking special edition. I didn't realize I'm, that there was a Monster Squad TV show. 
That's like similar well, but different. Yeah, like it's 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 sort of Monster Force, the cartoon show. No, like there was an actual show called The Monster Squad. Hold on now. And it was like the the Universal monsters like team up and de- like they were the heroes. Okay. It was it was it's weird. Like it was a TV series in the uh, in the seventies. Uh, three monster wax figures come to life and battle evil, and it was Dracula, Frank Enstein, and Bruce W. Wolf. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's 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 weird. Um, but yeah, that's uh, monster. Uh, the other Monster Squad. Don't get that one instead. Don't rent that Monster Squad instead. <laughs> rent the good Monster Squad. No. So there you go. That's my ammo pick. Go run. So we're talking about Halloween. I feel like you need to talk about a specific franchise. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about the one that you'd expect me to talk about movie gives us probably the single greatest jingle in all of horror. Oh, Clown House. Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Silver Shamrock. Halloween 3. Season of the Witch. uh, Like, Engineer Paul Frankie can vouch for this. He was with me when I found it on, uh, when I picked it up on DVD and we watched it on Halloween night. 2000 and, I mean, it was 05 or 06. Just been a staple. I, I truly don't understand the, the hate this movie gets just because, you know, it doesn't have Michael Myers. It doesn't have Michael Myers. Have you seen part four? Have you seen parts four or five? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. they do. Oh, shit. Yeah, they're pretty bad. Have you seen part six? I still genuinely don't know how Paul Rudd got work after that movie. <laughs> Is it five or six where he gets saved uh, by a, a hobo as he floats down a river? Uh, like, that's where that's, the movie starts. I believe that's five. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those movies are terrible. Yeah, they're pretty bad. Season of the Witch, not a, you know, look, I'm not going to lie. It's not like a perfect movie, but like, no. again, we've said this multiple times on the show. You take away the Halloween 3 in the title and just call it Season of the Witch. Perfectly good. Yeah, it ain't half bad. You take that out, it's fine. It's good. It's fun. It's fun. And it's. It's perfect for this list because it ties directly into like the origins of Halloween and what Halloween is now and the, like the consumerism of it and yeah that's yeah great yeah it's 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 a perfect pick. Fleming, you got one more for us. I do have one more. Uh, I had an honorable mention that I will move up to my list if uh, if okay. I, if I get one more. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I saw it in theaters. And loved it. I know you're thinking, Kilron, that I'm going to say Jason X, but I'm not. I'm sorry. You should be. <laughs> I am for so many things. Um, <laughs> but uh, for a for a what was a gimmick movie, 
I don't know why, but I have a very soft spot in my heart for it's a it, here. Here's the here's what it had going against it. It's a remake, and it's a 3D movie. So it's already got an uphill battle. But is it also a missing episode of Supernatural? It is because I'm talking yeah. about uh, My Bloody Valentine 3D. Uh, the I believe it was 09. Uh, I think fan- it was actually 08. Was it 08? Oh my gosh, I'm so old. Um, fantastic movie. Again, like Koran likes to say, better than it had any right to be. Uh, yes. Uh, it was fun. Uh, the original My Bloody Valentine is also fun, but uh, the the remake is is so good, and it takes everything that made the original really fun and amps it up to eleven. Uh, the the well, yeah, it's just, it's so good. We'll go on record and say if you've never seen either of them, make sure you watch the original first. Yes, yes, do that. Oh. Don't hold yeah, it. Just make like, and I don't even hold the uh, the fact that it's a Canadian-made film against the original. Because <laughs> normally I'm like, "You're made in America's hat, get out of here." But uh, the the that one is good uh, in its own way. It's fun. It's very like '80s uh, fun. The the remake is like full throttle balls to the wall fun uh there's a little bit of a mystery involved in it but uh it has really great 3d effects it's the only time and here's here's one of the reasons why it makes the my my list is it's what it's the literally the only time in a movie in a horror movie that i jumped in my seat and it's a part towards the very beginning where the miner throws the axe at the screen. And the 3D effect in theaters was so good that it freaked me out. And I thought, like, because you, you see the axe lift off the screen, and it is insane how good how good it looked. The 3D was just was, was immaculate. Uh, and even without the the 3D effects at home, it's still a very solid movie, and I like it a lot. So, so fucking good. Yeah, it's really, really good. All right, John, lay out the twelve. So yes, our list thus far in no particular American Wolf in London, Evil Dead remake, Behind the Mask. Hunters, Cigarette Burns, Psycho, Event Horizon, Trick or Treat, Haunted Ween, Monster Squad, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, My Bloody Valentine remake, and I think I can confidently say this on behalf of all of us, we have one to vote in. Guys, does anyone have anything other than Halloween 1978? I mean, literally when we got to the final round, I was like, that this needs to be the, the yeah, last yeah bit. like yeah uh that needs to be in there yeah yeah again i had it on my this has to be on the list like a backup list but i didn't want to take it because in case someone else did but again i felt we were all gonna be in agreement oh so there yeah. you go and uh, 
when I got to was I was like, I can guarantee by this point, if neither of them say it, everyone's going to agree that the original Halloween is our right end. Uh, yeah. yeah, you guys are mispronouncing Friday the 13th, Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan, but I agree. <laughs> I agree. Wholeheartedly, I agree. Jason takes a boat ride up my ass, <laughs> what that movie is. <laughs> what? Whoa, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, hey, whoa, whoa. I might be tired. <laughs> Hiding it well. You're doing yeah. terrific. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Can't even tell. Yeah, no, uh, original Halloween, yeah, uh, fantastic. It's a classic. It sets the table uh, that everybody else eats at. Uh, it is a great movie, uh, nearly perfect in every single way. Um, yeah, well, I mean, what else do you say besides it's a masterpiece? And Psycho and Halloween on the same list. I know, right? a great double feature right there that is a great double feature uh sad that there's not enough room for clown house but maybe next year really sad about it off with these dicks gosh (laughs) jason takes a boat ride and the kitty raper movie yeah yeah now you want to talk about a double feature the double feature I want out of everything on our list is haunted ween and season of the witch Ooh. That yeah, that would be like your 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 you know pop extra popcorn and and settle into the deep seat and just enjoy the shit out of having fun with that because uh, that's going to be a really fun double feature. Oh yeah, well, that's the one where you so and your boys you crack, crack open a thirty pack of cheap ones and yeah. uh, you, you do that double feature. Oh my gosh, what a great time! So that is our list of the 13 movies to watch this Halloween. Let us know what do we leave off? What do you think we should have on there? Uh, there you go. One more time. Bottom to top. No particular order. Halloween 1978. My Bloody Valentine remake. Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. Monster Squad. Haunted Ween. God, that makes me so... <laughs> uh, Trick or Treat. Event Horizon. Psycho. Cigarette Burns. Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters, Behind the Mask, Rise of Lily Vernon, Evil Dead Remake, American Werewolf in London. Gosh, what a solid list. list. What a solid list. Top to bottom, there's no, there's a, every single one of those is a gem. Every single one of them. So, uh, ah. yeah, go out of your way to add all of those to your Halloween season rotation and you know what you know what you do here's what here's what you do is you start those on the 17th of october right and you watch all 13 of them one a day because that'll bring you to the 30th right my math is correct so you get done with that and you say but that only brings me to the 30th. What do I do on Halloween? What you do on Halloween, if you get organized enough, if the fans of Talk Nerdy to Me on Facebook get organized enough, the 14th asterisk movie that you can add to that list is Michael Myers versus the Ghostbusters. <laughs> oh, man. Because right now on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash... Right now? Talk nerdy to talk nerdy. The number two me show right meow, right freaking meow. The pinned post for the month of October. This is a limited time promotion, only until October, until uh, October 
uh, 31st to until Halloween Day. If, and you know it's the post because, number one, it's pinned and it's the title card of Michael Myers versus Ghostbusters. If that post and only that post gets 100 likes and or shares by Halloween, the entire 2004 fan film starring multiple cast members of Tog Nerdy to Me will be posted online. It is a movie that we have talked about, uh, referenced in jokes uh, for years since this, this podcast started. And uh, your chance to see the whole dang thing is right now, is right meow. Because that post is live. As of right now, there's an uphill battle because it was posted yesterday. It was posted October 1st, so there's no cheating. There's, there's uh, the entire month. It is sitting at 22 likes and 8 shares. So there's still a ways to go. But and please, please make sure uh, if you see the post shared by somebody else, yeah, go back to the original post right. to like it. Right? Yeah, you you can't like a shared post. It has to be that one post on the Talk Nerdy to Me page has to have one hundred likes or shares. We're technically past that many likes, but they're all on shared posts, not the original post, yeah. so they're not going to count. does not so. count. It's like, and I know you guys don't watch it, but I do, uh, it's like when uh, someone plays an immunity idol on, on Survivor, and Jeff Probst is like, like on a shared post, does not count. Like on a shared <laughs> post, does not count. And he's just throwing votes away. So if you've liked a shared post, we appreciate it, first of all, but it does not count towards the total. It has to be that post. So uh, keep that in mind. Uh, you have still quite a ways. You have th- over three weeks. So there's still a chance. The opening onslaught, I mean, it made, it made 22% of the likes in one day. Uh, but let's see if it's got legs. I, don't, I personally don't think that uh, the Talk Nerdy to Me fan base is going to come through. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm going to put them to the challenge. I don't think they're going to do it. I just, that's my personal opinion. I don't think that uh, there's going to be enough likes or shares to make it happen. So prove me wrong, audience, or don't. I don't know what you're going to do. But the only way, this is the only way that we're going to post this movie in its entirety on the interwebs. So it's your one and only shot. This is never going to be offered again. Next year, we're going to have some other like and share promotion uh, to be able to, to post something. But this is a cult classic. It is 50, to celebrate the 15th anniversary of Michael Myers versus oh God, Ghostbusters. Old. Right? 15 years ago, we sat down and made this movie. Never again will you get the opportunity to unlock this challenge. So it's sitting right now at the time of this recording. Dick Cheney is alive, and that post has 22 <laughs> likes and 8 shares. So I don't think you guys can do it. Prove me wrong, and we will post that whole movie. I don't know. I'm, I, don't think, I don't think they're going to do it. 
who knows? But I wanted to throw that out there before we get to the last, uh, the last bit of talk, the, the the last topic that we've got to talk about, our last point mm-hmm. of discussion. I just wanted to kind of shoehorn that in there, uh, so that um, you know it gets the promotion, and we'll we'll, we'll give updates every week uh, through the month of October as to where it sets. Uh, so you know, keep keep you constantly updated as to how close everybody is to to uh, meeting the record. How many likes does it have across all of the? Because that's interesting. That's interesting to me that it has all of that. But whatever. All right, it could happen, kids. It, it it could. I don't know. I don't think it's going to because I don't believe in our fan base. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Jesus Christ, they already put out a Finn Balor in a T t shirt. I'll be right back. It's a pretty fucking ugly shirt. And I'm back. <laughs> that didn't last. That's okay. Um, so, yeah, so uh, go like the post, uh, like it, share it on Facebook.com. Slash talk nerdy the number two me show like the post. You know what people didn't like this year was uh, these summer horror movies. For some reason, people just did not like them. Tell me when I can start yelling about scary stories to tell in the dark. Well, feel like me. He's gonna have a fight. Well, no. Here's here's my observation. This is the way it's always been in the summer. Usually in the summer, the recent trend has been drop horror movies, however many, and usually when there's three or fewer big horror movies, there's one that's really successful. And, like, when I say really successful, I don't mean just, like, hey, it made its money back and then some. I mean, like, more mainstream, you know, like, hey, holy crap, like, that made a lot of money. Like, the 2017 It. There weren't that many horror movies that came out that were, like, big, that that had, you know, big TV campaigns and stuff. And It made a shit ton of money. Uh, When there are more than three or four highly advertised horror movies in the summer, they all do bad. Like, none of them are the standout. They all just kind of, you know, exist in mediocrity as far as box office receipts go. And then the problem is because they don't make a ton of money, they're seen as bombs or failures. And that brings us to the summer of 2019. This is the summer horror post-mortem, kids. Yeah. Have a seat. So, so first, first, some ground rules. Yeah. And this may rub some feathers the wrong way. So this is the summer horror. That means it has to come out in the summer movie season to be talked about. That means, and I'm going to be generous here, May to August, it has to be released in to be considered a summer movie. Outside of August, you're in the fall movies now. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, the big releases we had, names Ma, mm-hmm. The Dead Don't Die, Child's Play, Annabelle Comes Home, 47 Meters Down, Uncaged, Midsummer, Crawl, and Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. I think that's all. 
I may may have missed one or two there. And but those were between May and August, your big horror releases. That's a lot. And eight movies. Uh, I, I finally sat down and watched the Child's Play remake on Monday night of this week. Okay. And it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. It was a very vanilla a horror movie, very paint-by-numbers, very standard, very take-no-chances, very, like, plays well within the parameters, does not even come close to crossing the line into original. Uh, yeah, exactly what I thought it was going to be. Very disappointing. The best part about it is Mark Hamill kicks ass as Charlie, as uh, Chucky, not Charlie. Uh, he he, he Charlie. rules. Uh, he, he killed it as the voice of Chucky. Everything else is at best okay. The the creation of Chucky is terrible. Uh, yeah, that was fucking stupid. It's a really, really, really garbage origin story. Uh, the the transformation of you know Chucky from good guy doll to bad guy killer midget in a suit uh is <laughs> is passable like it's it's okay uh you can see if you've ever seen a horror movie ever you know exactly how it's going to go beat by beat but um you know whatever uh, it, it's it's the, the 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 only thing i can say about it is in 5 years no one's going to remember that it even happened <laughs> It's it's so forgettable. Uh, I, I'm going to go on record in saying Jim Jarmusch's The Dead Don't Die is not only probably the worst movie I've seen this year, but probably one of the worst things I've ever seen in theaters. Wow. wow. And you've seen Jeepers Creepers 3 in theaters. Uh, here's something you never thought you'd hear me say. I would rather watch Jeepers Creepers 3 again. Wow. Let's not say things we can't take back. No need to take it back. It was terrible. Uh, and I understand, like, know that Jim Jarmusch, first off, calling it a horror movie is very, very loose. And, and yeah, I won't lie. I was a little iffy. Um, but it's it, a zombie movie, so. It, it is probably the, like, like subtle, like I liked in it, and there's a uh, shit not Tyler Childers, who's that other really popular kind of alt country guy right now. Uh, whatever they they keep playing this one country song over and over again, and they like they make note about it, and it's like, well, yeah, they only had the budget for the one. Song. <laughs> uh, Adam Driver and Bill Murray have like these conversations in the squad car. And Bill Murray's like, wait, you you actually read the script? He's like, yeah, I know what I'm... It's just so dry, so boring. There's so many loose ends. And, I mean, this is coming from the dude, like... The director also did, like, Coffee and Cigarettes, which I, I enjoy aspects of Coffee and Cigarettes. Uh, you know, it was the first time I got to see Bill Murray sit down uh, with Riza and Jizza from the Wu-Tang Clan. Also, Jizza uh, probably has the best, like... He's a UPS driver, except it's the Wu-Tang symbol instead of the U, so it's Wu-P-S. 
That's pretty funny. But, but the movie just fucking sucks. Uh, I, I gave it half a star out of five on Letterboxd. It was boring. It was dry. It was... And, like, I watched it on my week of vacation, and good God, that was an hour and a half of my vacation. I could have done anything else. Yeah. It looked like it was trying to be smarter than it was. Yeah. The impression I got from the trailers. It, it wanted to be really smart in, in kind of meta and Tarantino-esque. And yeah, Not- I haven't seen it, so. More, uh, who's the dude that did, like, the Darjeeling Limited and all that? The what? Oh, oh, uh, Anderson. Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson. Oh, yeah, Paul's Wes, Anderson. Anderson. Wes Anderson. Sorry. Yeah, Wes Anderson. Uh, it, it's more trying to be at, as opposed to, like, even the earlier Jim Jarmusch stuff. This really, it was fucking terrible. Yeah, I just, I absolutely hated it. Yeah, I didn't hear any good things about it at all, except for uh, the week it opened, it was the best performer on Fantasy Movie League, so I'm glad that uh, I picked it. Uh, but it quickly dropped, and it just yeah. it pooped the bed. And then just kind of laid in it for a while. All right, let's see here. Uh, s- subtle yeah. update. NXT has currently Danny Birch versus uh, Pete Dunn and AEW. AEW, come on, sling it. I believe in you. Uh, just ha- is still doing their women's title match. Bored. Basically. Well, I'm oh, glad. Their women's title match just ended. I'm glad that I'm watching neither. <laughs> so And Rio wins. So if we take it straight by the numbers, um, here's a breakdown of how these films did. We can get into... Each one individual, if you want to. So, Ma um, came out May 31st, budget of $5 million, made $60 million. That's pretty Not good. a surprise. It's a Bloom House movie. Yeah. Not bad. That's what they do. Um, Rotten Tomatoes, which, yes, I know is not perfect. It's, it's in review aggregate. So, I'm going to give you both the critic score and the fan score for each of these movies. And yes, I know that isn't a, you know a way to determine if it was good or better. But hey, right, you no, know, it's, it's finger on the pole. You know what? This is how we do it on this show. So sit down and shut up. Yeah. Um, so it it turned a healthy profit. Um, it has a fifty four um, uh, review score and a sixty four audience score. Uh, and uh, Dave Meltzer gave it two and a half stars. He said it would have been four stars if they would have played it in the Tokyo Dome. True. Uh, Dead Don't Die, June 14th, budget unknown. I tried. I could not figure out a budget, even a guesstimated budget for this movie. It made $13.8 million worldwide. Uh, Rotten Tomato critic score, 56. User score, or viewer score, this will make Car unhappy, 38. Oh, that's bad. Oh, yeah. that's Fuck that movie. I, I believe is, is the lowest we will see on this list by far. That's bad. Yeah. Uh, Child's Play, June 21st, budget of $10 million, $29 million. It was not released overseas. Well, uh, uh, well, yeah. because the origin story, you can't play that overseas. 
Like literally, literally, you can the the origin story is uh, an angry guy at the factory for some like he he's uh, being mistreated at the factory, so he removes like the the murder sensors and like the 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 kill chokers on the Chucky dolls because for some reason they've programmed that shit in and then just turn it off. Uh, Are you sure this isn't a really really roundabout sequel to uh, Small Soldiers? Like, it's so bad because it's like, okay, there are just settings where you can go in to be like violence, ag- like, like violence uh, inhibitor. And he's just like off, just like turns the slider to off. And it's like, what company fucking has that as an, as an option even? So he basically, it's like in The Simpsons where he, he turns the doll to evil and then just ships it. <laughs> like, that's the fucking origin is like The Simpsons parodied it. Wow. And they were like, you know what? That's actually pretty smart. We're just going to do that. And uh, at the end, they're like, oh, yeah, see, someone switched your doll to evil. And um, so, yeah, like literally he just basically flips the switch and turns it evil. And then they ship it. And uh, uh, the the mom buys it. Uh, not buys it, but like manages to get it from the store. I won't tell you how because um, it's, it's kind of dumb also. Um, yep. And uh, and then the doll just starts killing things. Uh, so really, really lazy, uh, just really lazy writing. Um, so yeah, that's probably why they can't, uh, re- or they didn't release it overseas because it, it, it paints a very bad picture of sweatshops. Gave it a 64 audiences gave it a 57. Uh, I would say that that's pretty much right. So that is line. a lukewarm curd right there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. Um, one on my list that I want to see and still haven't. So if you have, please don't spoil it for me. Um, apparently it's not available to rent digital anywhere and I don't want to buy it yet. Annabelle comes home June 26th. Um, best guest because they have not released a budget. So I took the other movies in the conjuring franchise and basically came up with an average, mm-hmm. um, so my best guess for the budget for this was between twenty and twenty-five million. Okay. Seven million dollars worldwide. Yeah. Uh, it takes the cake for highest grocer of the summer. For yeah. Um, Rotten Tomato uh, review score sixty-five. Viewer score seventy. Oh, that's actually you know if that was in high school that would be a passing grade. It's <laughs> <laughs> a solid C. Yeah, I mean. D plus, almost a C minus right there. Yeah. I mean, it's not great, but, yeah, you know, it's there. Uh, then we get 47 meters down uncaged, which I did see because I will watch anything with a goddamn shark in it, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Looking at you, D plus C2. Speaking of 90 minutes of my life, I can't oh, get back. Oh, God, what run. a trash heap that is. Uh, so, yeah, 47 meters down uncaged, better than D plus C2. And that it's its own movie. It isn't just a shitty remake of a better movie. Um, $12 million budget, $34.9 million return. Uh, three viewer score, 68. Yeah, it, 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 it won good. Uh. It's, uh, I will say this. I'm not a huge fan of either of these movies, but the first movie had a really simple, scary premise. It's a couple girls on vacation. They decide to go shark cage diving. 
they go to a shady company because they're cheap uh, and tell them, no, you don't have to be scuba certified. We'll teach you what to do. It's fine. They get out there. Everything that could possibly go wrong goes wrong. They end up 47 meters down on the ocean floor in a cage surrounded by sharks. Like, that's a very simple premise, and they do a lot with it. Um, this movie gets so fucking convoluted. It, it's uh, the dad of a mixed family is some kind of deep sea archaeologist who's found a hidden temple uh, under in an underwater cave we're excavating and the the two daughters in the mixed family don't get along very well so the one daughter whose friends who's like popular at school and has friends they decide to go out to like some secret cove thing and, and go hang out for a day and she takes her her stepsister with her because she feels bad for her and they're out there and they discover millions of dollars worth of uh diving equipment that apparently their dad has just left out there uh and they say oh this must be an entrance to the cave he's going let's go in the cave uh, and this is just the first like twenty minutes. Oh I'm my like, god! I'm is, already bored. Yeah. yeah, you are bending over mm. backwards like Gumby to try to get this shit to work. Basically, all it is is we have a bunch of teenage girls with super high tech diving gear in a cave uh, that's like an underwater temple. Which amazing setting! I will give it that. It has a really great creepy setting, uh, and they are stalked and picked off one by one by. I'm not making this up. Blind albino sharks. Yep. Okay. So, so when are we going to make our movie about uh, teenage girls that get accosted by uh, albino squirrels? (laughs) Yeah. And will they have the talk with all the students? Yeah. Yeah, and we call it horror on the hill. <laughs> yes, that's what that's what we call it. I love it. Patent pending. Uh, sponsored by White School Brewery. Yeah, don't make me sue you in thirty five years to get my script back. <laughs> uh, keep it chugging. Uh, so yeah, the forty seven years on cage was a bad movie. Again, it, it, it's I don't know how you get from from A to B on on the first movie, the second movie. So like, wow, guys, you're, you're really really overthinking. Yeah, that's um, a stretch. That's just awful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Midsummer came out July third. Uh, my best guess on budget for this was somewhere between eight and ten million. Uh, that's based on a couple reports that I kind of cobbled together because it was not officially released. Uh, brought in thirty six million dollars. Rotten Tomato score, uh, critic score, eighty three. Okay. Viewer score, sixty three. That's not so bad. I did not see this one, so I'm about to rely on you guys and Travis, which usually if Travis really, really likes it, that would have figured out now. I don't know about Koran. I haven't seen Midsummer yet. No, okay. serious um, lack, of, lack of interest over here to see it. Just, I was not a fan of his last film. No. Hereditary? Yeah, I did not no. do it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited to check out Midsummer because even people I know that didn't like Hereditary enjoyed Midsummer. So watch we'll it, find out. Um, the other, another one I did see this summer, Crawl, uh, July 12th, a budget of 13.5 million, took in worldwide 88 million dollars. Uh, Rotten Tomato score 83, critic 75, user. That is my gem of the summer. Uh, I'm sure we'll have 
something to say about that. And this next really? One, yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll get there. Uh, <laughs> last one that I know Koran is chopping at the bit to say a few things about. Scariest story is to tell in the dark, August 9th. I'm going to be generous, including the first or second week of August and summer. Uh, $25 million budget, $93.6 million uh, total worldwide take. Rotten Tomatoes score 79. So fucking bad. It is there so it is, just by the fucking bad. Just so fucking terrible. Like, there was... How so? I loved it. I fucking hated it. It was not what I wanted at all. Well, we're not friends anymore. Fucking God. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the last episode of Talk Nerdy to Me. That just, just happened. I, <laughs> I had it in my head, and I I really thought that maybe it was going to be something similar to... Of like something like VHS, they would all end up in the house, and they would all start reading this. Like they would all start reading the stories, and you know she would see the stories or something. And like the one girl takes them home, and then, but it was just like not flow well. Every the flow did wasn't the flow wasn't there, and all the stupid shit like Al Moore was so heavy handed. Everything about the Nixon election was so fucking heavy handed. It was just. It didn't know what it wanted to be. Is it like, why is there political satire in a fucking uh, scary stories to tell in the dark movie? In the 10 minutes where we actually saw the scary, like, the the stuff from the books, fantastic. The surrounding hour and 40 minutes, though, not good. Well, that might be our difference. I've never read scary stories to tell in the dark books. So I had no preconceived notions going in, uh, and I thoroughly enjoyed the story. Too. It, it's very similar in plot to Goosebumps, um, but it, I think it's done in a much more harder horror edge and much less family-friendly edge. Uh, I thought it was clever how they tried to tie all the stories together to one narrative. My only, my biggest complaint was it's a non-ending. It's uh, like the story stops, but we're not done sequel baiting kind of bullshit. Um, like they drive off to the sunset and we're not done yet. Uh, that pissed me off a bit. Uh, but otherwise I thought it was really good and I didn't know what to expect, but I've got, again, I've never read the books, so I don't know how accurate they were to them or how much they strayed from them or what they changed to make things work. But I thought it was interesting. Um, I enjoyed it. I, I and it's not that I don't know. I just, <laughs> I, I just could not get into it. I haven't. Hey, like seen I said, it. there was just. There was, sorry, go ahead, funny. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I know that's rude. I'm sorry. Uh, I haven't seen it. I really want to see it, uh, just because I want to kind of see how it plays out. Um, I see it, and this is having not really, you know, read a lot about it or seen a lot about it. I feel like it's more, more goosebumps and less creep show. Is kind of how I'm, yeah, it's it's not an anthology. Yeah, it's, it's one yeah. narrative that incorporates stories from the book. Uh, so stories and characters from the are woven into one overarching narrative. Not an anthology thing at all. I'm okay with that. And that's kind of what I enjoyed about it. We 
uh, well, I'm going to have to watch it when a, a good quality copy comes up on the Fire Stick. What, uh, when I get a chance to actually sit down and watch it at some point, um, I'm going to have to give my... Uh, I feel like starting a movie review site called Better Late Than Never Reviews, where I review movies like <laughs> four months, five months late, like after everybody's already seen them, and I'm like, oh, I'll finally get around to watching that. Like right now, I would put up my Child's Play reboot review and be like, well, I know everybody's seen it, but you know, it's better late than never, uh, and I uh, can write them. But. I'll say one last thing in defense of Scary Stories Still in the Dark. Uh, written and directed, or sorry, written and produced. By Guillermo del Toro. It's true. And if that doesn't sway you to at least give it a watch, then go ahead and unsubscribe. Wow! Uh, and go fuck yourself. It's been a minute since we dropped that one. Yes, it has. Oh, Unlike us on Facebook, unsubscribe and please, happily. Uh, and uh, while you're at the Facebook page and unliking it, go ahead and like that post about Michael Myers versus Ghostbusters and click an extra <laughs> like on that one post. But then go ahead and fuck off. Uh, we don't need you to like the page. We just need you to like that one post. That's all we uh, want from you. I mentioned earlier, I really feel like the jewel of this summer that, that sadly got buried under a, a half-assed advertising campaign. Uh, that was a, I went into that expecting it to be terrible. Um, it's, it's the, um, family that gets stuck in a house during a hurricane and they get attacked by alligators. And I was like, Oh wow, this is terrible. I went into that movie and Holy shit. That movie is awesome. Um, tongue in cheek. It knows what it is. It delivers on the, the scares, the jump scares. Uh, it's a great man versus nature film. You know me. I love it. Jaws rip off. Um, yeah, it's true. it's less Sharknado and more The Shallows. Um, oh, okay, produced by Sam Raimi. Uh, it was really really good, and I, I feel like had it not had it gotten any advertising two weeks out before its release, this could have been something. Um, because again, look at that thirteen point five million budget and eighty eight million dollar return. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, that's really good. And and had they had the the studio embraced it a bit more, I think it could have done even better. Because it was really good. And so how do, it's Alexander Aja or Alexandra yeah. Aja or however you say uh, it. Yeah. I I don't know. I think maybe it was the the advertising that made me be kind of disappointed because um what I was expecting um, in the sense that I was hoping for like not hoping for more but um, just being that maybe it was going to be like there was going to be more action you know the, the part that sucked for me was it's a like, it, I mean it's a short movie minutes somewhere on there it is, uh, yeah, a little under 90 minutes. Yeah. Um, it takes you like 25 minutes to get to the house. Not enough going on. It takes you out of the movie to try and like dump you back into it. You know, it, there's just so much going on that is... 
I don't want to say mediocre, but why am I getting flashbacks to when she was 10? Why am like, why is there this weird mother storyline? Why do we like, why do we need to have a phone conversation with a sister who is never mentioned again? Mention a bunch, dude. Okay, why do I have to have a phone conversation with a sister who never fucking plays into the story at all? It's set up, man. You, they want you to give a shit about these. That's a good horror movie. You're supposed to fucking watching this movie to have a connection with the characters. People are watching this movie for giant fucking alligators trying and to. That's why people. I liked it. Is this movie was trying to be more than just bullshit Sharknado thing? It's like, no, we're gonna take this seriously. We're gonna give these characters backstories. We're gonna give them. Uh, uh, we're gonna make. It's the fan you give a shit about. Them. I did not go into it expecting to care about anybody, and I did, and I liked the movie for that. And don't say it doesn't have action. There's plenty of uh, trying to run away from alligator shit in this movie. It's all over the map, man. It's less than 90 minutes long. If your attention can span can't sit there through the first 20 minutes to get to that stuff, then that's on you, man. Pops are middling. <laughs> Dang. Talking shit about who are you? Guy who didn't enjoy the movie Crawl. <laughs> that's who I am. Again. <laughs> I mean, I will say I, I like to crawl more than I like scary stories to tell in the dark. I would watch crawl again. If it's like 10 bucks on Black Friday, I'll pick it up. I like that director, and I like the just how fucking over the top it got. Where, like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Flanagan, are you going to watch this? Do you care about like a, a late in the game spoiler here's, about it? Here's what I'm going to do is uh, because I actually, uh, you know, it, the, the, I've been looking and there's a good quality version. I'm probably going to watch it tonight. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pop my headphones off. No, 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 no. No, no, I, no. I, will, I will let you guys. No, 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 go ahead. I'm going to pop my headphones off so I won't listen. And I'm going to come back in like 45 seconds. So you can go ahead and get out what you're going to get out. Just check and, the chat and we'll, we'll hop okay. in when it's safe to come. Okay. Back. Yeah. Go ahead. Part where the fucking alligator busts through like the second story window at the end of the movie, like audible laughter, but at the same time, you're just like, holy fucking shit, how much more can they put these people through? Yeah, uh, it does get a little unbelievable. One person take and keep going. Um, that girl gets put through the ringer, man. But again, I, I likened it to more of like the shallow, uh, where it's it's like the man versus nature kind of storyline and. I enjoyed it uh, for that aspect. But, yeah, it does get a bit like – and really at that point, when that happened, I was just like, all right, let's just go full into the skid, and this better not have a happy ending. And that was honestly one of my biggest disappointments is it does have a happy ending. And at that point, like when, the, when it comes crashing through, it's like, oh, okay, we're all going to die because it's, uh, it's fucking Sam Raimi because yeah, we're going to go there. Uh, but, they, yeah, I would have respected it more if they would have gone. The, the the two big disappointments I had were they showed the shower thing in the trailer where she traps it yeah. in the shower. Yeah. They showed that in the trailer. And where are the baby alligators? King, like, eggs. Where are the baby alligators? Well, I think the implication was that the nest had been there for a while. Yeah, which is which our, it's our, if I remember the timeline right, that's our first, uh, um, like, spoiler that there's more than one down there. Yeah. I think, if I remember right. I just think with 
everything else they did that was over the top, it would have been, you can't say that the baby alligators would have been out of place, you know? They wouldn't have, but that gets into uh, Deep Blue Sea 2 territory, uh, where they have baby killer sharks that are just like piranha. I'm just like, yeah, no. No. All right, you want to message him, tell him he's good to come back? Message sent. No, I was really surprised by it again. I went in with very low expectations. They, because again, this could have been it, it easily. This could have been a made for sci-fi, sorry, made for sci-fi uh, yeah, yeah. movie of the week bullshit thing. Um, because it is very Sharknado esque. It's 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 alligator cane, gator cane, whatever. It's a hurricane and there's alligators. Like it could have been really really poorly done, but the people who made it took it seriously and and I think elevated it above just a stupid killer alligator movie. Your 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 gator cane was better than mine. I was gonna call it a gator soon for monsoon, but uh-huh. <laughs> uh. Well, I think uh, I think that's gonna be on my queue tonight. Uh so I will give you guys a full report on how I enjoyed it or not. Matt, it's it's good and I said it's it's just under ninety minutes, so um, how long is freaking midsummer? Like two and a half hours? Gosh, yeah, like out twenty seven or something. Um did either have either of y'all seen Maul? No. No. Maul was actually like I, I may have enjoyed Maul a lot because I watched it the same day that I watched uh Happy Death Day to you, and I didn't enjoy that. Oh. Ah, I had, so, a, I had a really gross dream about Ma, so I'm not interested in watching it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had a I had a gross. It was it was a, a, a I, I dreamt that I was watching it, but like the movie that I was watching was really gross, so I don't really want to watch it now. It is it has poisoned me. Okay. Yeah, I just I like it it it's weird like the the image is now burned into my head of what I saw and it was really really gross. Uh it was like over the top violent gross and and yeah. So like I'm out now. It it's no fault of of the movie. It just yeah, I'm not in. <laughs> All right. Do we uh <laughs> want to give a brief shout out to the the movie we all wanted to see but couldn't this summer? The Hunt yeah, yeah. Um, because, you know, people uh, we have a serious problem right now where people, if they don't like something, instead of just not enjoying it, they feel like nobody should be able to enjoy it. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and say this just one time to every social justice warrior out there. I hate you. And kiss my ass. Because you ruin things for other people. Instead of instead of allowing people to actually view content and then make a decision on if it's appropriate for them or not, you're just going to go ahead and decide what's appropriate for people. Kiss my ass. I don't like you. Christ. Sorry, Jack Swagger of all people just showed up on AEW. That's how they get him. That's how they're closing the show. I figured they were going to get uh, Stu Bennett. 
I would have popped for Stu Bennett. That's the uh, that's that was the name that I, I really thought that they were going to get because uh, apparently some picture came out of him like a week or so ago and he's like jacked still. So I figured that he was he was coming back for it, but I was wrong. Oh, back back to NXT. There is one I forgot about. What's that? Ready or not, August twenty first. <sighs> Sadly, a summer. Am I the only one to see that? So, okay. I wanted to, but it's much more dark comedy than it is horror movie. Um, so maybe it's best it wasn't on the list. Yeah. So overall, as a snapshot, how do we feel like yeah. this summer in horror compared to previous summers? <laughs> Looks like it gave us a lot of hits and misses. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uneven. More. I think studios made some money, so it's safe to say we'll see more of it. Um, especially stuff like 47 meters down and crawl because there's that whole, you know, where it's just, you know, it's summertime and people are geared towards those kind of movies. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure, uh, a summer or two from now, we'll see another 47 meters down movie. Um, hopefully with an even more ridiculously labored, uh, <laughs> premise. Um, and then, you know, the Bloomhouse movies like Ma are always dependable. Um, but what I think you need to focus on are the ones that had, like, a big push. It's just, like, Chad's play, Annabelle comes home, Scary Stories Tell in the Dark. Um, those got big pushes as far as advertising goes. Those were, like, tentpole summer movies. Um, and very hit or miss on those. Yeah, I will give uh, Child's Play credit as it had one of the most creative poster campaigns that I've seen in a long time. <laughs> yeah. But unfortunately, yeah, that, that was good. The movie just did not pay off. Uh, it was just it was so disappointing, and so it, it just it did not live up to the poster hype. Which is sad. Yeah, because it was a low bar to cross, and it didn't quite make it. And I think there's, you know, I feel like everyone knew there wasn't just just knowing the the massive changes made to the remake. Uh, I think a lot of people knew, yeah, this isn't going to be good. And I wonder how many people just skipped it and didn't go see it. Well, because the, we already knew how much how different it was going to be. The fact that the creator is like, nah, don't go see that. We've got a TV show coming soon. Yeah. It's like, wait, what? Like the guy that created it and wrote it is like, no, don't go see it. Why? And then now you have a, I think this is the first time in, in any franchise in the history of movies. I'm going to go ahead and make this declaration without doing the research first, because I don't care um, where you have at the same time, you have two parallel continuities for the same franchise that are actively releasing projects. I, 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 I can't think of something else that you have competing timelines and continuities across a franchise where both of them are active. I mean, yeah, I'm, I got, I'm trying to think of something else, and now I got nothing. 
I might be wrong because the TV show is discounting the new movie and the new movie is basically like a complete and total timeline reboot. So you have the classic timeline and then you have this new one. TV series is picking up from the very, very underwhelming Cult of Chucky. Yeah, Cult of Chucky was not good. If they would have started at Curse, I would have been okay. The closest I can think to that scenario was, Jesus, back in like the late 70s when we had two different Bond movies from two different production companies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Summer. It was um, Never Say Never Again and I forget. There was a Roger Moore movie and a producer got um, uh, Sean Connery to come back in a, a uh, non-Eon Productions James Bond movie. There were two Bond movies with two completely different continuities in one summer. Yeah, that, that's that, the closest thing I can think to getting close to that. Yeah, that that might be the first one. Then I might I might stand corrected. Well, I might. But sit, that was sit. that was like. Late seventies, so we're talking thirty plus years at least. Yeah, it's been a, it's a very unique situation where you have um, you have oh you you ready for this Koran? This will make you laugh. You have a a TV series, a reboot, and a fan film that starts shooting next week, all in the same country <laughs> that all have different timelines. Going up north on Tuesday. Yeah, 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 starting to shoot up north on Tuesday. Uh, if you want a copy, give twenty bucks, uh, and you get a poster or some dumb shit. Um, yeah, and is there a story there, guys? Yeah, this is a that, that was a, again uh, doing a, a doing a show for two right now um, at at Scarefest at the Scary Con. Uh, there was a child's play fan film booth that was set up. And so I'm just going to go ahead and give if you are a if you have a, if you have a product or an item or like something that would benefit from a media platform and so you're at a convention and someone goes to your table with media passes very clearly present and visible and like very like front and center that they're obviously media. Uh, it's it would be probably a good idea to be nice to them and just say hi, and not just stare at them, and then look away, uh, because you're much more likely to have them talk to you and then probably uh, want to prom- like we went. Koran nine pronouns pal uh, went to like four or five different. Fan film, TV show, like different tables to try and find guests to feature on the podcast, this very podcast. And every time that we would go, we had our media passes very clearly visible, facing outward on the chest. Nobody would talk to us. They would like nobody would even say like, "Hey, how's it going? We have this whatever." We would always have to initiate. Like we initiated every single conversation. And so there's there was one table and I I can't even remember what what the thing's called, but it was a, a child's play fan film and they had some trailer that was just on loop. Pearls. 
Yeah, it was called it's called Charles. Um and so No plugs. Yeah, I know, right? Uh I'll just edit that out. It's called <laughs> just a fart noise. Um Thank you, boy. And uh it's called Julian. And um <laughs> so uh, um, so so like we're we're, the, we're at the table and he's got like a stack of posters and we're at the table for like a good two minutes before I'm like, hey, how's it going? And the guy's like, oh, hey, yeah, this is a, if you're a fan of Child's Play, this is a Child's Play fan film. Um, we start shooting Tuesday up north. And I'm like, oh, oh OK, great. And he's like, yeah. Uh, X number of dollars, uh, and you get a, an 11 by 17 poster, and you get entered to win this, like, child's play protection box that they've created that had, like, a couple little props in it. And I was like, cool, bye. And we just left. Because if you can't sell your shit better than that, I, I'm not really interested. Like, no offense, but I could not care less. Is this Friday? No, I have it Saturday, right? Yeah, yeah, this was Saturday. So, peak day. Yeah, yeah. We're the most buzz to the door. Yep, and uh, you have two people that you don't even, like, my opening question would be like, oh, I like because you can't help but notice the media passes. You just go, oh. Yeah, they're bright friggin' yellow. Yeah, and you say, oh, media, like, who are you guys with? And and then that just opens like you just open the, a conversation. It's not that difficult if you're trying to sell, you know, something, whether it be your your fan film or you know whatever it is that you're selling. Because there was also a Friday the Thirteenth fan film thing there that I was really excited about, and the there was like six people at the table and not one of them gave us the time of day. So by then. Uh, so if you've got, so what you're saying is there may be a reason no for now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm not supporting any of those films because, uh, I mean, like as I was telling Koran, like we've got space to fill content. Like I love doing interviews and stuff like that. If you've got something creative like that to share, I'm all about that. At least say hi to people who are coming to your booth, whether they're media or not. But maybe media can help you get your project over. But that's just me on my soapbox. So, yeah, uh, we're going to shoot the next episode of Talk Nerdy to Me up north next Tuesday, just so you know. <laughs> that's The shooting schedule has been re- revised. Uh, we will now be shooting next Tuesday uh, up north. And I said, like, northern kentucky canada like what does up north mean to you because up north is a very blanket term that just kind of mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't mean anything north of the wall oh god no i will not shoot there i won't but so yeah that's just my uh i'm gonna end it on a little rant uh, i'm gonna gonna you know pack up my soapbox now <laughs> Would have beat us if we didn't. I know. So I think uh, I think that about does it for our studio time this week. Unless you guys have anything it's else. Thought on NXT. 
Uh, I don't know if there's ever, like, for, for a dude that's only 5'10", Tommaso Ciampa is one scary-looking dude. He is. There's a guy in town. Uh, he runs a, um, he runs a, like, a weather company. And we call him the Weather Beard. Yeah, he's a super nice guy. Um, and if he, he looks literally like if, if, if he grew out his beard more, then, then that's exactly who he would look like. But, um, but his beard is like, it's, it's high and tight. So he does not look like a uh, former NXT champion. <laughs> so, so Ciampa. yeah, he does not look like a uh, Tommaso Ciampa. Um, because his beard is, is well-trimmed and not unruly. And he's never hit anybody with a crutch. So, to the best of my knowledge. To the best of my knowledge. <laughs> so, I think, uh, just knee-jerk reaction, Koran, uh, just off the top of your head without any kind of prep and going back and rewatching, who won the first battle of the, Mon- or the Wednesday Night War? Stay. NXT. Yeah. I mean, just from an opening and closing perspective, you had the return of Finn Balor and the return of Tommaso Ciampa, and you also had fantastic tag team title matches, or you had tag team matches to close both. One of them ended with Jack Swagger, and one of them ended with Tommaso Ciampa. Well, there you go. You heard it here first. AEW is uh, is on death's door. Uh, Don't bother supporting it because it's going to (laughs) be off TV before you know it. Fuck AEW. You heard it here first. That was really overblown by what you said, but, you know, sensationalism sells tickets. With that, we are done. Uh, Thank you both for a really fun show. This was great. Uh, We will give an update on the Michael Myers versus Ghostbusters Facebook post. Uh, During the show, it had one additional share, so it's up to 22 likes and nine shares at the closing of this recording. We will update you on that. Everything else that we talked about, uh, October rolls on. Spooky Fest rolls on next week. Until then, this is Talk Nerdy to Me.